will be knowing that this kind of competencies are required so rather than going in a traditional manner in which we are just looking for the qualification or uh, uh, some sort of experience we can ask what are the your competencies and how much experience do you have in those competencies so that kind of Employee development programs are essential for the growth and success of both employees and their organization. These programs provide opportunity for employees to learn new skills, improve existing ones, and develop professionally. By investing in employee development, organization can increase employee satisfaction, engagement, and retention, as well as promote a culture of continuous learning and improvement. Furthermore, employee development program can help organization meet their strategic objective by cultivating a skilled and knowledgeable workforce that is able to adapt to changing business needs. By offering training, mentoring, coaching, and other development opportunities, organization can ensure that their employees are equipped with the skills and knowledge necessary to succeed in their roles and advance in their careers. Hello and welcome to the Honest Talk by Free Folks. I'm Harsh Pandey. For this particular session, we have this very special guest today. Dr. Nitin Agarwal, sir, is a multi-skill professional who takes pride in applying technology and management to simplify government service delivery to end users. He has leveraged his international skills from the Development Academy of Philippines, Manila, to implement result-based management system in all centers. Central Sector Scheme of Government of India and Director General of Niti Aayog has recognized his contribution in this regard. He possesses right mix of qualification like Masters of Computer Application, Master of Business Application from Top Management Institute (FMS) and PhD from very renowned University of Rajasthan. Presently, he is working as Joint Director in Department of Public Enterprises, Ministry of Finance, Government of India, where his division is helping in aligning policies to support Make in India initiative and building capacity of central public sector enterprises in futuristic endeavors. He is a principal architect for national portal like public CSR monitoring system to align CSR expenditure of about fifty about five thousand crore with national priorities decided by the office of prime minister every year. Also, he has designed CRR monitoring system to facilitate re-deployment of voluntary retire from CPSCs. He has modified the architecture of the edge. Existing online training and nomination system of DPE to foster growth in the number of competency and skill across major industries. He has been constantly undertaking research and disseminating his work through research publication in building net business intelligence, corporate governance in circular economy, labor productivity, diversity, equity, and inclusion. He has served. And provided consultancy to many organizations like National High Speed Rail Corporation, Britannia Industries, Times of India Group, a small former agribusiness consortium, National Textile Corporation, Indian National Scheme Academy, Madhya Pradesh Power Transmission Company Limited, BSES Yamuna Power Limited, BSES Rajasthani Power Limited, Delhi Transco Limited, Indian Railways Catering and Tourism Corporation, Indian Renewable Energy Development Agency Limited, etc. and more. I believe his profile has so many things, so many glories, which I won't be able to explain in next few minutes. But I'm pretty sure during this conversation, we are going to learn a lot from him. So, not wasting much time, let us hear from him directly. Thank you so much, sir, for joining and actually agreeing to share your thoughts with us. Thank you, Harsh, for inviting me to this show.
and i welcome all the viewers who are listening to me thank you sir it's our pleasure so moving to the topic of today's session which we have chosen is the integration of technology in competency based employee development and its effectiveness so my very first question to you is or rather it's a kind of a request to you sir please answer or address this question or it would be great like if you will provide background of competency based system and its major benefits and also share your experience and expected outcomes in implementing it through public sector enterprises yeah uh yeah. thank you harsh for asking me this question this is most relevant uh, in today's topic uh, see uh, a competency of an individual is measured on three aspects one is the knowledge and second is the skills and third is his aptitude or behavior so if these three combinations are known to us we can align their work more efficiently and effectively even the individual can align his own uh, self efficiently and effectively further organizations are look also looking forward of building competencies in various aspects when they they uh, want to take up their operations at some different levels then they also look forward key what are the competencies which may help their organizations to grow so if the abilities are known in the, this format which we known as uh, call it as ksa knowledge skill and aptitude ksa so if uh, the information is available in the this format then it becomes very easy for assessing the training needs and then um, making the customized training programs secondly it also helps in aligning it with the goals or rewards which an employee can achieve by uh, performing uh, up to uh, the level which is desired by the system and uh, also if you see if these trainings are aligned with the competency framework so we need not to put the individual into the training of various aspects which he otherwise knows sometimes what happens is he has already taken or uh, learned those skills either is in his education or through his onboarding of the organization or in some experience also so if right kind of competencies are available and right kind of need based analysis has been undertaken then obviously we will be doing a customized training and uh, which is actually the right fit requirement for the employees and uh, this will also remove the kind of uh, um, uh, misuse of the fund rather misuse i would say it would be optimal utilization of fund a training fund which will help uh, this particular aspect right now i am supervising the alignment policies to support make in india as well as better utilization of csr funds in national priorities i am also looking after the capacity building of executives from central public sector enterprises mm-hmm. and in this regard we have developed a web based application which is known as otns online training and nomination system and the effort has been made to capture these competencies and the system is being aligned uh, to measure these learning outcomes and if you if i take you through the uh, whole uh, uh, historical view of this system uh, i would say that uh, this has been designed because uh, rule 872 of general financial rules we uh, normally call it as gfr uh, training is considered as an in kind direct benefit transfer so uh, dbt you must have heard of 
where cash gets transferred to the direct beneficiary. So sometimes it may happen that you have purchased a LPG gas and now uh, the subsidy amount is given to your account directly. That is known as DBT. But okay. in our, our is, we are providing the training to the executives. So now this training is also considered as a direct benefit under Rule 87.2 of the GFR. So this, because of this particular uh, nature of the uh, scheme, uh, it was asked by Niti Aayog to us to uh, have a uh, result-based framework, which is they call it as output and outcome monitoring framework, aligned to this scheme so that they measure what are the trainings, how many trainings you have conducted and how many users have or how many beneficiaries have got benefited. Then subsequently in 2021, uh, one more uh, wing is there, Development Monitoring and Evaluation Office in Niti Aayog that provided as a data governance framework mm -hmm. in which uh, they provided uh, how to improve data generation, data quality, how to improve data analysis, how to undertake data security, how to integrate technology. Those aspects were uh, given as a framework and we uh, align our uh, system or online training and nomination system into that framework. So, so as to ensure that it functions as per the mandate given by the department. And under these about two frameworks, if you see, we have achieved end-to-end -end digitization of the uh, complete training cycle. Uh, we have achieved uh, digital reporting uh, on uh, monthly basis, even on real-time basis. Earlier, it was on annual and quarterly basis. We have also integrated the intelligence in the system where automated uh, communications are sent to the stakeholders for uh, anticipated actions or responses which are required from these users. So those kind of uh, things we have developed. Then routine re review of the scheme also is taken through this system. GAP was found in outcome monitoring framework and it was realized that percentage of executive trained is not really an outcome. So earlier we used to measure percentage of executives trained. Uh, so now we have uh, found that this is not exactly the um, real outcome. So we are aligning it with the competencies uh, where we will be measuring what competencies they have learned. And then accordingly, that competency will become the real outcome or output of the scheme. So this is how this scheme is being aligned. And uh, subsequently, we are thinking to share these kind of skills to the HR functions of the public sector enterprises who can then align or integrate with their jobs, recruitment process, selection process, onboarding process, or work elevation process. Uh, this will help further the uh, companies to uh, undertake training need assessment or uh, uh, further planning for capacity building of their executives. So this is how it is being done. Indeed, sir. I think I think you have explained this very beautifully, and I'm sure the people those who are watching this, uh, they have got enough information like how this is actually uh, like uh, is helping. And then my next question to you is because I feel this one is a really important one, so I want you to address how does your organization ensure that technology-driven competency-based employee development programs aligns with the overall business strategy? And can you please uh, describe any challenges your organization has faced in implementing them? Yes, uh, thank you, Harsh, for asking me this question. Uh, this proposed technology-driven competency-based employee development system, which we are uh, building upon on OTNS, online training and nomination system, 
helps us in identification and record keeping of skills and competencies so like uh, earlier we are we are not uh, the system is not that much aligned ki we are uh, actually knowing the competencies of individual right now the system is actually pushing to identify the competencies and then also uh, make a, a data bank of these competencies within the system so now if this kind of uh, uh, inventory is available with me then obviously translating them to the business strategy will be become very easier for me because then i can understand what are the operations then i can understand what are the skills i require to undertake those jobs so accordingly it becomes easier for me to align the skills uh, based on the human beings uh, placed on those operations and then obviously if there is a gap then those can be taken care through training need assessments and all those things but somehow uh, this can help us in aligning the business strategy uh, based on the hr deployment uh, hr then obviously linked to the competencies so this is how it can be easily linked further if you see uh, it can help us in uh, recruitment because we will be knowing that this kind of competencies are required so rather than going in a traditional manner in which we are just looking for the qualification or um, uh, some sort of experience we can ask what are the your competencies and how much experience do you have in those competencies so that kind of uh, feature can be ingrained into the pro process of recruitment so that will help us in easily identifying those uh, people who are having the the required skills or required uh, competencies and secondly if you see uh, the whole process will just merely get shifted into searching the right kind of person or right person with having the right kind of skills so uh, it would be like if we have n number of jobs so n number of people are available we have to just search out ki which is the right person who fits into the job rather than we are uh, making a competition unhealthy competition between human beings to fight for one particular job so that way this will help the whole system to bring out more competent people bring out more opportunities which are aligned to their competency requirement or aligned to their needs also that way so those kind of things will happen by this model and uh, talking to about challenges as you say Uh, <clears throat> what i perceive is this is a uh, multi layer uh, leadership dependent model in which we need the support of the leadership who will be uh, taking forward this kind of activity so first leaders is our training institute because they are imparting the training they have to identify the what are the competencies they are uh, giving to their executives or beneficiaries under the scheme then comes the hr managers or functional heads because once these competencies are identified uh, the individuals will rate themselves through some technology uh, through some framework uh, evaluation framework we have adopted bloom's taxonomy as the framework once they have evaluated themselves this evaluated competency levels are then shared with the hr managers and the functional heads then they will apply these kind of skills or competencies in really measuring their performance okay. so once performance is available with you then obviously you can take it forward further 
so now over here if you see we need the support of uh, these leaders who will be working in this particular framework secondly this proposed system is a supportive system to national qualification register so as you know nqr or national qualification register is a system developed by national council for vocational training and uh, national vocational training and uh, education education i think yes yes ncvt education and training so this organization is maintaining this nqr they are having a uh, established system to identify these uh, qualifications or skills accordingly they then make the qualification facts under the framework which is known as national skill qualification framework so this is basically not replacing that system but rather it will act as a feeder to that system where you will have a, a larger number of uh, skills or competencies identified now based on the demand in the market then this ncvt can take up those skills to build into this nqr system so that way it will help the whole system to function in a very smooth and uh, holistic manner because um, despite our system is in place we need a centralized coding system just to make sure that it becomes uh, easier for reuse and use use and reuse across multiple organization so that's why nqr system is there and since uh, my department doesn't have that mandate to create those kind of uh, nqrs so we have to obviously go back to the enquire system which is already there available under the uh, ncvet framework so we have to rely on that so meanwhile it will act as a feeder mechanism where a lot of skills are fostered and subsequently uh, on the basis of the demand and uh, supply these skills will be identified by the ncvet into a comprehensive structure and then subsequently this will help Uh, the whole system ecosystem to function in a very uh, efficient and effective manner indeed sir i think i think you have answered this again very well and i'm sure like this completely makes sense for our viewers too and my next question to you is because whenever we talk about digitization here one concern come with it and i want you to answer or actually it's a kind of a request to discuss with our view, uh, viewers because uh, it's really important i feel how do organization address concerns such as data privacy security and accessibility when implementing technology driven competency driven based employee development programs and i want you to know you views your experiences what are the most critical factors for the success of such employment employee development programs yes thank you arsh uh, presently if you see uh, data privacy data security accessibility is ensured through aadhaar based authentication presently we are using this particular feature in our uh, central sector scheme and otns uh, only onboards those executives who have undertaken aadhaar based authentication until unless they undertake aadhaar authentication nobody is given any kind of benefit through the scheme secondly we are also using data masking where the data is not actually stored in our database it is just masked and stored so misuse of data is prohibited through this particular feature further we are also using secured cloud service uh, databases and applications where uh, the security is provided by the nic center national information centers it is a government institution they have a disaster policy also so based on that whole mechanism uh, we are uh, ensuring the data privacy security accessibility is implemented as per the legislation or companies uh, it act 
so we are pretty confident that there is no uh, issue uh, from that aspect secondly coming back to the critical success factor if you see uh, implementation of competency based executive development leadership and aptitude of individuals towards innovation creativity and technology this is the most important uh, aspect to become or make this uh, model a success so it is not something that we have created at until unless the people down the uh, process uh, who are into the leadership and they don't possess that uh, aptitude for innovation creativity or technology we will it would be very difficult for applying this this particular model secondly uh, we have to shun out or shrug off the copy paste culture i still foresee in many organizations rather in many functions we are still following the process of follow the procedures means what has happened in the past just follow that particular path if that was a success story then we will follow that path we will accordingly function in that path so those kind of things blocks your mind blocks your mind blocks your innovative ability blocks your creativity your technology uh, approach so i think we have to shrug off those kind of uh, i would rather say uh, way of doing the things rather we should identify at least 10% of the employees in the organizations that are uh, that actually are enthusiastic in adopting new technology or undertaking innovations or Uh, transforming organizations so we should actually support them and the support which they require is they may require support of the research uh, how to undertake research they may require the support of the strategy they may require the support of the mentoring so those kind of uh, support we have to bring to those guys and further we have to trust them the most important is we, we need to trust these innovators or creative uh, employees until as you trust them they will not be able to transform the organization mm-hmm. so this is where the leadership uh, succeeds or fails the trust within your employees who are actually experimenting within the organization to transform the organization indeed actually and and what more questions that i want you to ask because many people believe like future of work will be surely going to uh, be different so my question to you is how do organization across the globe envision the future of work and the evolving role of hr in the light of technological advancements yes this is a very important question if you see the requirement for jobs particularly in the higher management managerial level is yes. reaching to a saturation point now people don't want to uh, or rather they are not looking for permanent employments rather they are looking for some meaningful type of contributions so if in case it is a freelance type of job or it is a kind of need based job so people are not reaching to that level they just want to work for maybe uh, some part of the time uh, because that aligns with their uh, interest aligns with their uh, desire to uh, or they fulfills their uh, some kind of internal objective ki this is the thing which i want to serve this uh, to this country or to serve this society so those kind of alignments are now coming up with the individuals and they are looking for those avenues where they can apply their uh, best of acumen 
so those kind of things are coming up so no more uh, people are looking for permanent roles rather they are looking for um, freelancing jobs even people are looking for remote working because they don't want to move out to uh, some urban city and uh, face the hassle of life sometimes initially they may think of but otherwise after some time when they have dependent parents dependent families or uh, uh, it becomes very expensive to live in the urban cities they look for if in case it is possible that they get the remote working so those kind of things are coming up uh, also if you see that automation and artificial ind- intelligence industry 4.0 are buzz today and these technologies are absorbing many monotonous jobs so manual operations or jobs which are uh, operated in a uh, repetitive ma- manner are taking off by uh, from the rules by these uh, applications so it doesn't mean that the vacancies are getting uh, shoved away by the technology rather it means that now the industry is looking for somewhat more meaningful jobs more intellectual jobs so uh, we need to uh, align our uh, hr or human resource in that manner if you currently see uh, we have many automated processes like uh, personal and payroll management transparent posting management training feedback recruitment performance monitoring everything has been automated so earlier these process used to be undertaken through a uh, regular traditional method but now everything has been get, getting automatized so uh, now the things are changing very fast even i have uh, written a research article in chartered secretary journal of icsi where i have given a implementation strategy to digitize recruitment process uh, for board level functionaries monitoring of board level matters and proposed blended approach for the capacity building of the board levels so those kind of things i myself has uh, reviewed and researched and then proposed mm-hmm. that these can be automated and the human intervention can be reduced also so even uh, there are some tools where, where they can conduct the board meetings also the, through, through the technology so those things are coming even in uh, another thing which i have written it is a chapter in a book known as business intelligence and human resource management in which i have written a role of business intelligence in hr planning in modern industrial industrialization this book has been written by uh, published rather published by rotlish taylor and francis new york so under this book also i have given a broad approach how to build qualitative and quantitative workforce at all operation positions so rather now the industry is not looking for routine jobs they are looking for some kind of qualitative or quantitative workforce so how to align those kind of things <clears throat> we require a very close interaction between the academia and the industry so that the people who are coming out of the education are equipped with those kind of uh, skills so that they can function at a higher level at a higher pedestal above the technology so those kind of things are coming also the data processes kpi dashboard design strategy map these things are uh, coming up and so the people who are having uh, exposure or having uh, skills to work in these kind of areas are more in demand rather than the routine type of jobs indeed i think it's very hard to disagree with you and i'm very happy like you discussed this one i'm sure the people those who are watching this they are also going to find this meaningful in many ways and one more questions that i have is like how do organization start supporting and empowering 
uh, unrepresented groups and marginalized employees. How do organizations ensure that all employees feel included and valued regardless of their background or identity? And it's a kind of a request to you. Can you please share uh, with us any specific example of your organization has made positive change to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace? Yes, uh, I would first tell you the broad framework which the legislation gives to this country on this particular issue of marginalized or underrepresentative groups. So if you see with the Constitution of India, Article 14 to 18 gives for equality, Article 19 to 22 gives for freedom, Article 23 to 24 gives for against exploitation, and 29 to 30 for education and 32 to 35 for constitutional remedies. Further, the government of India through the parliament has constituted legislations in relation to maternity benefits uh, against sexual harassments at workplace, protection of transgenders, reservations of SC, ST and OBCs for inclusion and promoting fairness uh, through equal representation or equal remunerations. Even in 2004, if you see Department of Economic Affairs has instructed every ministry to create a gender budget cell. And now this gender budget cell is having a gender charter and a gender budget monitoring tool. Now, what is gender charter? Gender charter means every ministry has been given a uh, charter duty uh, that this much level of gender participation you have to increase. And whereas the gender budget monitoring tool is how many uh, in quantifiable manner, how much have you achieved? So these are the uh, models which are applied uh, there is a gamut of uh, legislations or acts which are being enforced through the ministries or through the departments to the public sector companies. <clears throat> Similarly, the companies in the private sectors have realized the importance after the Me Too movement, uh, which has been there in a, uh, very recently on the Twitter. So after that, they have identified or realized the importance of this particular aspect and they have devised DEI policies which is known as diversity, equity, and inclusion policies. And if you see with these DI policies, they are basically broadly brought out from the legislations, which I have just mentioned with you. So these policies have drawn the powers or drawn the rules and regulations from these legislations, and they are being applied across all the organizations. Mainly, if you see it is there in uh, MNCs, I have also written a uh, chapter on uh, this uh, in a book. Uh, my book is coming up uh, recently, mm -hmm. which is known as Data, uh, this uh, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion, Concept mm -hmm. Cases and Applications. I am writing this book in the Dr. B. R. Ambedkar chapter uh, chair. So um, there are many things which are happening. And now I will tell you the examples how we have brought out the, uh, this uh, inclusion of underrepresentative groups into the main line. Uh, under the gender budget cell, we started by reserving the 10% of the capacity or seeds of uh, capacity building for women. And you will believe that after two or three years, we have achieved a uh, level of 26% of the seeds are getting utilized by the women executives. So this is how uh, we identify what where are the pockets in which we can increase the gender participation. This is one sure. approach which we are doing. Then um, secondly, 
एम्प्लॉयमेंट ग्रेड एंड नेशनल वुमेन कॉन्ट्रीब्यूशन ग्रेड एंड इफ यू सी द होल डाटा ग्रेड वन ऑन देर वुड बी सिंगल नेशनल डाटा ग्रेड ऑन विच दीज ऑल द नेशनल ग्रेड इट विल बी कम्युनिकेटिंग एंड द होल ग्रिड मॉडल हैज एन अप्रोच टू प्रोवाइड हेल्थ सिक्योरिटी एजुकेशन सिक्योरिटी इनकम एंड जॉब सिक्योरिटी एंड नॉट टू वन और टेन परसेंट और ट्वेंटी परसेंट टू ऑल हंड्रेड परसेंट वुमेन सो दैट काइंड ऑफ अप्रोच आई हैव गिवन and that is quite possible only because it is a technology driven model where human intervention has been limited so this model is also applicable to the other diversity maybe other forms of community where they are marginalized those kind of diversity can also be taken care by this model so i have designed that model and i hope if this model gets circulated to the right ministry maybe i will be communicating with the ministry of health and women welfare uh for uh, ruling out the plan so those kind of approach i have given and i hope i am very confident that these kind of things if applied uh, comprehensively will really uh, give a boost to the marginalized community of the country uh, even at the global level sure i am i am actually impressed and sir i can say there is a lot more to learn from you but today we are a sort of a kind of a time so i want to take much of your time so moving to my last question of the session so towards the end of our conversation my last question to you is how do you see the future of work evolving in the next 5 to 10 years and how do you think the technology and automation will impact the job market the skill required for success and the way we work yes uh, thank you harsh uh, i will tell you uh, right now if you see uh, or you must have observed that a lot of things are coming through e governance if you must have uh, booked your ticket through irctc portal or you have applied for birth and uh, birth certificate for your child uh, through the website of the state government so these are known as e governance kind of uh, framework which started way back in uh, 2000 uh, Uh, 5 or 10 as uh, near to that particular era now the system is moving towards data governance now the uh, government is actually monitoring how much data is generated what kind of data is generated so uh, now the things are moving in that manner in which government is getting a tool by which it can monitor what kind of benefit i have transformed or what kind of benefit i have given to the beneficiary how many beneficiary have got benefited those kind of things are coming up so with these kind of setups uh, as uh, you you see a uh, lot of changes are happening now if you see in, in next 5 to 10 years the government approach would move towards social security rather than creating anything because they will be able to measure what are the issues with the population and then obviously based on the issues they can design the policies they can uh, feed the requirements through the policies that kind of things would be uh, available so digital literacy or digital uh, force would be the driving force in the next uh, uh, era 
upcoming era and even if you see the skill based or competency based systems are coming into for play a uh, new education act policy has come so these degree diploma experience though at present they are carrying uh, high reputation uh, in getting their employment and job so it will get a back seat and competency of the individual competency levels of the individual competency experience of the individual uh, rather experience in the competency will be the uh, boosting points uh, or rather uh, point for uh, getting more opportunities so this is how the things would be moving uh, recruitment and selection will not be uh, more like a not a, a competitive kind of thing it would rather be a kind of searching the right person so the, those kind of changes will happen and i hope the system will realize the potential human potential better the next 5 uh, to 10 years the system will be more uh, appreciating the human beings more appreciating their efforts more appreciating their contribution rather than wasting them into allocating or allocating them into meaningless jobs which they are not competent to work so those kind of things will uh, happen and if you see with the technology and automation impact more qualitative jobs will be available uh, technology driven jobs will be available or uh, Uh, actually uh, technology will support the um, development of few more jobs or better jobs uh, for human population which are more uh, inclined towards the intellectual capability of the human beings so those kind of things will come and uh, i also foresee that better work life balance would be there because i have recently written a paper where we have designed a model in which you can have fragmented work uh, uh, fragmented work engagements where you can work for 1 hour or 2 hours or 3 hours based on your requirement and then uh, for the remaining part you can do whatever work you want to do for yourself or your family even i have given a approach where you can have multiple jobs so why do you want single job why why an employer uh, have so many employees why can't an employee have so many employers so those kind of approach are coming up even i have written some papers on uh, research my, uh, my research papers on those aspects so i hope those things will be the uh, foreplay of the new industry and it would be a, a create a better work life balance happier life and uh, people will be uh, spending their quality time with their ch- children's their elders they will mm-hmm. be working from their native places So, so they would be rather better, happier than uh, the present uh, exactly. generation, which is underway. Exactly, sir. And thank you so much sir, for joining and giving your important time. It was a kind of a very wonderful session with you, and you answered my all question. I'm sure the people those who are watching this session, they are going to find us uh, meaningful in many different senses. And thank you so much again, sir, for joining and giving your important time. Thank you, Harsh, and thank you all the viewers who have, uh, are listening and viewing this show. Thank you.